Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Gitin Memhei, Gitin 45a, pagination is 89, starting from Masnisin in the middle of the wide lines. The Mishnah states, Ein Podim Yeser al We're not allowed to redeem captives more than their regular value. Because of a rule made, because of rectification of the world, a problem that exists. We have to address a serious issue, and they made this rule. What is the rule? Essentially, as the Gemara explains, we're concerned that the pirates will take more captives if they find it's a lucrative business. So we don't go above the social norms, even though the Jewish community is indeed very committed to redeem. There's the famous story of the Maharami Rottenberg, a leading rabbinic figure in the Jewish world who was taken captive by the local governor and he refused to allow his students to redeem him. He was afraid that if it became a lucrative business to take rabbis as captives and then extort money from the Jewish community, that it might become a pattern. He actually died in captivity after many years, eventually was redeemed for burial by a student. So that's this rule. The Gemara delves into it. They ask the question, Are we worried that it's a stress on the community to pay more than the regular value? Or are we worried that they're going to bring more Jewish captives, meaning they're going to take more Jewish captives and bring them to get them redeemed as a way of running a lucrative business. Tashima, the Gemara tries to bring a proof. The Levi Bardarga Parko Levrate Betelaser Alfe Dinri Zahov, that a certain person redeemed his daughter at an exorbitant sum. Amar Abaye and Abaye replied to this attempted proof. Who says that he did it with the consent of rabbinic authority? It could be they didn't agree with what he was doing, but he did it anyway. And indeed, the way it's codified in halacha is that a person can redeem himself more than his value from his own assets and has likewise the same obligation regarding his wife more than her value on the market from his own assets. But for other people, including relatives, there is this limitation so that it does not become a pattern. Apparently, there was a certain amount of, I guess, honor among pirates a certain diplomacy, they dealt with this problem of 
captives and as long as you kept it to the reasonable transactions that there was a bounty on redeeming the captives, it still was doable. But if a pattern would emerge that the Jewish community was more galvanized to redeem at higher sums, then it would become a deterioration which would make other people vulnerable. Let's skip to the bottom line of the page, the next Mishnah. We find a similar halacha regarding the redemption of holy scrolls. Ve'ein lokim sforim tefillin umazuzas mina ovde kochavim yoser al kedei demehen, not allowed to redeem sifrei Torah, tefillin, or mezuzas that were captured by the non Jews more than their regular value. There's a reasonable value, and you can't do more. Mepneitikon ha'olam because of this issue of rectification of the world, you would cause a terrible deterioration if you went higher. Just to clarify, what kind of redemption are we dealing with? The Gemara says, Clearly, we are willing to redeem them from the non-Jews, just not at exorbitant sums. Shmami no. The first reaction was, I guess once you redeem it, if it's at a fair value and you're allowed to, you would be allowed to use it in public and consider it kosher. And the Gemara says, Dilma Lignos, it could very well be that all you're doing is redeeming it in order to put it into Geniza, in order to hide it away in dignity, but you're not able to use it. And what emerges from this, as the Mishnabura in Lamites Yudzayin points out, is that if Sifrei Torah are puzzle, but they're available for redemption, we would redeem them at a fair value, even if we would not be able to use it afterwards, even if it's going straight into Geniza because it cannot be properly fixed, because the mitzvah of redemption is for kavod sefer Torah, for the honor and dignity and sanctity here, even if it can't then be used on a practical level. This is somewhat linked to the comment of Reb Moshe Feinstein in Igris Moshe that protecting a Sefer Torah from theft is an obligation, not just a financial interest. And such, even if you have insurance on the Sefer Torah, you're still obligated, I imagine, also regarding your obligations towards insurance, but even for the dignity of the Sefer Torah, there's an intrinsic obligation to store it in a proper way that reflects its dignity, because the issue here is not just financial. It is a concept of dignity of the Sefer Torah. The Gemara 
closer to the bottom of the page, tells us, Malin bidimeyim ad kedei tarpaik, there is a concept of going up a little bit on its value, because it's important to us, but it has to be gentle bargaining. It can't be so aggressive that it would cause the non-Jews to go ahead and steal things which they can then get a premium price for. The flip side is that we should not be too aggressive in our bargaining to try to get it from them at nominal price. You have to be smart in your bargaining as the Gemara relates. There was a certain woman who brought a sack full of tefillin in front of Abaye, Omar Law, and he said to her, he knew the score, what, what had happened, how did she manage to get a sack full of tefillin? So he said, I'll give you for each one a date. Imle Ziara, she got angry, Shakla Shad Sinu and she threw it into the river. Omar Abaya said, I should not have been so aggressive in my bargaining with her. And we learn a lesson from this mentioned by the Nose Kalim, Yoredeye, Resh Pe Aleph, that we shouldn't be too aggressive in our bargaining. One issue that emerges over here is the very emotionally charged question regarding redeeming IDF soldiers, where we know that the government of Israel clearly is willing to go above market value, whatever that means, in order to get IDF soldiers back. It's a big topic. I'd like to mention two things. Number one, Taisfis on Ahmed Aleph tells us Inami, it could be that Bishas Churban Habayas Loshayach Ligarvu, that in the time of Churban of the Beis Hamikdash, it was not applicable this fear that they're going to capture more people. And the question, of course, is how to understand this Taisvis. One approach mentioned by a Taisvis later is that Churban Abayas could be understood as a time of Sakonas Nefashos. And that Sakonas Nefashos, if we're worried that the person might get killed, you're allowed to go up in the price. Another approach is that at the time of Churban Abayas, there were so many slaves, captives, that redeeming them at a higher, at a premium price, is not going to change the number of slaves and captives. It, it was a totally different structure socially, and that's not what was going to throw it awry. And, of course, the question would be, could we apply these two concepts to redemption of a soldier in terms of, number one, that the life is in danger, so this whole discussion is different, and number two, 
will it really influence bad people to take more captives? Or that's a whole different issue. Terrorists, how they operate. Hashem Yirachem. This is not going to influence. And the knowledge that the Israeli army might raid and kill and not even pay the redemption should sufficiently mitigate whatever influence the high price causes. Also to mention, Rabbi Lau, in his book, on page 42, observes that he was asked if the Israeli government should try to redeem even the remains of bodies after an explosion. And he was very firm that they should he writes that when a soldier goes into battle, they need to know that we're backing them to the absolute maximum extent that we can, and we will bring them back. That we are responsible might also be coupled with the second sugya that we did this morning regarding Sefer Torah, even if it can't be used, even if it's being redeemed simply for burial, that too is something that we do. Ad however, we define the proper procedure in such a situation. Yeshekoach, thank you for joining.